0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the final Arconomics Weekly podcast for 2020. Today is the 14th of December, and I'm joined by Seamus Lyons and Alex Byrne. It was a fairly risk-off week last week, as COVID cases continue to climb in many parts of the world. We also saw US jobless claims jumping higher. Seamus, could you comment on those jobless claims numbers for us to start with?
1: Uh, yeah, good morning Lorna. Just to begin, the COVID pandemic is indeed wreaking havoc in the U.S. The seven-day average death rate is now higher than at the height of the pandemic in the spring. So you had a number on Saturday, 3,309 deaths, which is the highest number ever recorded. Hospitalizations are now at record highs and this is leading to more restrictions and local lockdowns. For instance, California has announced a new stay-at-home order, which is you know, the largest state in the U.S. So, the impact of this latest wave of infections was very evident in the weekly jobless claims. They jumped from 716,000 to 853,000, which is the highest number in almost three months. And also continuing claims, they rose as well from 5.5 million to 5.76 million. And that's a reversing kind of stretch of three months of decline. So all very bad news on the job side. And this is on the back of uh, pretty negative news the previous week on the, on the non-farm payroll. So this all weighed in markets last week.
0: But we have seen the FDA has given an approval for the use of the Pfizer vaccine.
1: Yes, indeed. So Thursday, an advisory group recommended the approval of the vaccine. And then over the weekend, literally, I think it was yesterday on Sunday that the FDA approved it for emergency use authorization. And actually today, Monday, is now going to be the first day you're going to see vaccinations being given in the United States. So it started already.
0: quite dramatic speed of the rollout we have seen quite strong ipo markets though in the us in recent weeks haven't we
1: yes indeed so last week was a big week for some ipos so we had airbnb which came to the market so its shares closed after the first day trading at 144 dollars have started today 68 so massive massive move and actually that was even the range leading leading up to the ipo they were close to 44 to 50 dollars was the range so big increase. And this values the company actually at 86 billion market cap, uh, which is twice the market cap of uh, the largest hotel group in the world, Marriott. But actually, this wasn't the only IPO we had last week. Uh, there was another one, a less well-known company called DoorDash, that also pulled off a spectacular market debut, valuing it at 70 billion. And actually, there was even another one, which again, not, not very well known, Snowflake, it's a San Francisco-based data analytics company, That now is worth 120 billion. So it's even bigger than like its kind of main competitor, which would be IBM. So all these kind of events are drawing inevitable comparisons with uh, the first internet bubble, which peaked more than 20 years ago.
0: Gosh, indeed. Alex, if we now look towards Europe, we've seen a dipping growth in this current quarter for much of the eurozone. And the European Central Bank has come in to increase the size of its stimulus package.
2: Thanks, Lorna. Yes, morning. The ECB, I would say, surprised on the upside with their actual announcements of stimulus measures, but probably the commentary around them was less supportive. So just briefly, they're essentially going to increase the amount of payment, pandemic, emergency stimulus by 500 billion. That takes the total to 1.85 trillion. And also they're extending that to March 2022. The market expectation was the end of 2021. And the principal investments will be reinvested until the end of 2023. So you can see that they're really setting the sights on the long-term support for the market with this. In addition to that, they're also extending TLTRO to June 2022. Again, the expectation was that that would end at the end of 2021. Um, so really leaving no doubt in investors' minds that this is this stimulus is going to be around for a long, long time.
0: And very supportive for the bond markets. But if we turn to Japan, we've had a fiscal stimulus package. Any highlights there?
2: Sure. So this is the third stimulus package that they've released. So Prime Minister Sugar over the last part of last week uh, announced a, uh, a stimulus package that was the equivalent of 6% of GDP. So, again, pretty large when you consider the size of the Japanese economy. It's the size of a lot of small countries' GDP in total. This is in similar regard to what we've seen in Europe. So, the bulk of the stimulus is focused on digital improvements and innovation and green technology, with the remainder in place to support the directly pandemic hit industries and other things like that. But that's the, the kind of principal amount we'll be going for digital and green tech.
0: Interesting. And and sort of following what Biden's saying in terms of building back better. Seamus, turning to the week ahead, then, the key event is likely to be the US Federal Reserve meeting. What should we expect from this meeting, Seamus?
1: Yes, so the Federal Reserve is holding its final policy meeting of the year on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it is poised to issue new guidance on extending its emergency bond buying program. So the Fed is widely expected to approve language specifying that the $120 billion month in debt purchases launched at the start of the pandemic will continue until the recovery meets certain conditions. So if agreed, this change would make it harder for the Fed to make an early move to wind down its bond purchases, which really is like cementing its easy monetary policy for years to come. So this pledge it's a compliment to a pledge it's already made, which is to keep interest rates close to zero till inflation is on track to exceed a two percent target and the economy reaches its full employment.
0: Very clear floor under the bond markets there, at least. And Alex, the Brexit trade talks have survived the weekend, although the UK and the EU are still set to be far apart. What happens now, do you think?
2: The agreement was to just continue talking. We've got the key deadline, which is the end of this year, the 31st. Obviously, before then, there's got to be some kind of ratification done by European partners. It's looking more and more unlikely. I think, in my view, the potential for this to to finish was a few weeks ago, when it seemed like we were getting closer and closer. But the key sticking points are still in place.
0: Well, we could have further news on that then when our podcast resume on the 4th of January. But in the meantime, thank you both very much indeed. Thank Thank you, Lorna.